Welcome in to Ohio vs. the World, a podcast where I dive into all things Ohio sports, whether it's the Buckeyes, Browns, Cavaliers, Indians, Blue Jackets, Crew, Bengals, Reds, and more. I'm your host, Jacob Wilson, and today I have a pretty rough podcast laid out for you. I won't lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. It's been an awful weekend in Ohio sports. It's been arguably one of the worst four or five day stretches in Ohio sports and all of the all of the history of Ohio. Um, this is my first ever weekend review, funny enough, so it's uh, interesting that we start off like this with such an awful weekend, but I just got done looking through the script, looking through everything here. I don't think there was a single win um, over this lap. I think I recorded uh, either Wednesday or Thursday night. I don't think there was a single win in at least all the teams that I cover in this podcast looking into it. Um, the Blue Jackets, I think they lost the only game they played. The Crew lost today. The Cavaliers are have lost three games since I last recorded. They're 0-3. The Browns lost in heartbreaking fashion today. Cincinnati Bearcats lost. Uh, obviously, Ohio State lost. That would be the biggest thing that we'll jump into. And I think that's it. It's been an awful weekend. Um, I hope you can just come into Ohio vs. the World here and just kind of powwow with me and we can just talk it out, talk it through, have a good cry about it. But uh, in all seriousness, let's just get down to business. Today we got on the script here, we got Ohio State uh, loses to Purdue since he loses to Temple and other notable college football games. We've got the Browns and Bengals both lose and other notable notable NFL games. And then we're going to wrap up what was a few days of Cavs, Crew, and Blue Jackets action. Um, And then obviously the Reds and Indians won't be in this episode because they are not playing right now. Um, so first we'll jump right into Ohio State-Purdue. Um, this was on last night. By the way, I'm recording Sunday night after just watching uh, the Bengals lose to the Chiefs in pretty overwhelming fashion. They looked very overmatched, but uh, we'll jump into that later. So Ohio State uh, loses to Purdue last night. Uh, it was about 24 hours ago this game was ending. This was a really bad game. This is uh, everything Ohio State fans were worried about. We thought this could be a trap game. We thought West Lafayette could, was a tough place to play. We knew that 3-3 three and three record from um, Purdue was deceiving. We knew they were a good team. We knew they were going to put up a fight, and they didn't just put up a fight. They blew us out. And everything that Ohio State fans were worried about came to fruition here. We were worried about that offensive line and the run game not getting established. The run game did not get established at all. Um, looking here, Mike Weber went for 45 yards. J.K. Dobbins went for 24 yards. Um, quick math, what about 69 yards right there? That's just abysmal you can't have that Dwayne Haskins had to throw the ball 73 times that was actually a record for Ohio State quarterback attempts uh, Dwayne Haskins threw for 470 yard 470 yards completed 49 passes had two touchdowns only one interception for a pretty decent QBR but even with all that they still lost by 29 to Purdue so yeah the run game definitely didn't get established and of course the other big key was the other thing that Ohio State fans were worried about that came to fruition tonight was definitely uh, the defense. So we were worried about the defense in general, worried about the secondary, and both those things happened. Rondell Moore absolutely ate this Ohio State defense alive. Um, let me find the stats here for him. Rondell Moore, he uh, went for 12 receptions, 170 yards for 14.2 average yard per reception, two touchdowns. He had 43 for his longest play of the day. Um, David Blau ate us up pretty much 25-43, 378 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He played really well. So, yeah, I mean, everything that we were worried about for the most part happened here. And the rushing game was good, too. DJ Knox went for 16 carries, 128 yards, three touchdowns. So this team really just ate us up. Um, the biggest concern coming into this game was, can we stop Rondell Moore? And we didn't stop him at all. 
And uh, I'd say the other biggest concern was, can we get established a run game? And we just didn't do that. Um, going forward, I don't know exactly. Um, I think Ohio State's definitely still in the playoff picture. There's going to be Ohio State fans out there telling you that the season's over and to freak out and stuff like that. But we've seen stuff like this before. Um, we lost to Iowa last year uh, in a similar fashion, even a worse fashion, actually. Um, got absolutely blown out and in Iowa. And then the next week, I think at least maybe it was the next week, we went and just destroyed a, a really good Michigan State team. So every Meyer knows how to bounce back. They have a bye week, which I think is a really good thing. Um, it's kind of frustrating as Ohio State fans because we want to see them get right back on the field to win another football game. But it's going to be good for them to have a bye week and to be able to talk it out and figure out what the problem is and maybe even have some time to re- readjust some things around. Maybe work Tate Martell into some red zone office red zone offense um, and then maybe work some different linebacker formations or something because stuff just isn't going right there. So hopefully this bye week uh, gives them a chance to prepare prepare, and then after that they play Nebraska which note I'm not going to disrespect Nebraska by saying that's another bye week. We saw them beat a Minnesota team that we just struggled with last week that we saw them just blow out that same Minnesota team so yeah they're one and six but I wouldn't uh, go ahead and disrespect Nebraska and say that's a bye week too so but yeah, we got Nebraska, which is one of the easier teams I guess we could play at least. Um, so we got a bye week and then Nebraska. Hopefully that's a good stretch here for Ohio State. Hopefully it gives them a chance to work out some kinks and figure some things out because they looked really bad in this game against Purdue. Um, really disappointing game. I don't remember a ton of it. I will I will be honest. I was pretty drunk throughout this game. Not because, mostly because I saw what was coming. <laughs> so I started to I started to drink in preparation. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ohio State, they lose to Purdue. I don't think the season's over. I know people are going to be overreactionary, say it's all over, everything's done, they suck, Michigan's going to blow us out, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's way too early for that. I think these kind of games happen. Uh, Urban Meyer just has these kind of games. Ohio State just has these kind of games. It's so hard to go undefeated in college football. No one ever does it. I mean, I can't remember the last time a team went. I think Ohio State might have been the last time a team went undefeated and won the national championship. It's hard to do. I don't think this team's national championship material, but I'm not going to write them off just yet. I think they could definitely still win the Big Ten. They still control their own destiny to everything. I think if they do win out and go 12-1 and and win the Big Ten, I definitely think they're in the playoffs. So I just don't I don't think that will happen itself, but if it does happen, I definitely think that they, they will be in. So no reason to completely freak out. I believe in this team. I believe in Urban Meyer. I believe that he can fix things, but a really poor showing. All credit to Purdue, too. They just look good. I mean, they look like a good football team. They're 4-3. and three. They've won four straight games. They've beaten some good teams. I'm sure for them, they're really frustrated about some of those close losses they had. They lost all three of their games by a combined seven points, I want to say. So they're a touchdown away from being a 7-0 and team that's probably ranked in the top 5 or 10. So I'm sure they're frustrated and also excited about beating Ohio State. But this, this Purdue team's a good team. Don't let anyone tell you they're not. Um... We talked about that coming into the week on my other podcast, You Guys One Mike. I talked about it on here that Purdue is a really solid football team. They showed that this week. Rondell Moore is just a true freshman. He's a really good football player. He looks really good. I mean, he's going to have two more years after this year. What can he become? He's only going to get better. He looks really good, and uh, he was fast. I mean, that's one of the first times I've ever seen an opposing team's player just just blow the wall, just blow out a a defender. I mean, he just was blowing by people. And usually as a high state fans, we're used to seeing our players be the fastest player on the field. And Rondell Moore was by far the fastest player on the field last night, which 
was a discouraging thing to see for sure. But yeah, a lot of a lot of takeaways from this game. My biggest takeaway is don't write this team off yet. I don't think it's over. I won't be surprised if they do end up losing another game and if they do end up if things do turn out bad, I won't be surprised, but at the same time, I know Urban Meyer, I know this team. I know the resiliency. I know this team still has the talent to at least win a Big Ten title. I don't think by any means they really have much of a chance to win a national championship. But it could still be a successful season if they find a way to sneak into the playoff and they find a way to win the get to 12-1 and one and win the Big Ten. Um, so now we'll move on to Cincinnati. Cincinnati was undefeated as well. They also lost in what was a heartbreaker. They were up 17-10 to Temple, I want to say, with like a minute left. Temple gets the ball. They march right down, immediately score to make it 17-all. Then Temple gets the ball first in overtime. They score pretty easily, and then Temple just shuts down Cincinnati. A swing of emotions there. Cincinnati was actually down 10 nothing, and they got to 17-10 when they scored 17 unanswered. Only a minute left, like I said earlier, so they were starting to feel like maybe they could get another win. That would have been a big win for them on the road as underdogs, but they couldn't pull it out. I didn't watch much of this game. I'm just looking at the score the score summary here. I, watched maybe the, I think I watched overtime, but discouraging if you're uh, – Cincinnati fan, I mean, obviously, they, they got it to overtime against, they technically were underdogs, and they got it to overtime, but yeah, you really wanted to win that game. I was really hoping Cincinnati would win that game. I was enjoying seeing them ranked and seeing them undefeated, but uh, we'll move on to some other notable college football games here. It really wasn't that great of a weekend in college football. There was no close games that were really good. I mean, uh, Purdue-Ohio State was the best game in terms of a uh, just a regular college football viewer because I got to see a big upset in a rowdy stadium. That was a stadium that was having a good time. Obviously, for high State fans, it wasn't a good game. But for the average college football fan, that was probably the best game and probably the most watched game, But which says a lot about this week in college football. It was pretty rough. LSU beat Mississippi State 19-3, so not a good game. Um, Penn State actually in a pretty good game, only beat Indiana 33-28. Clemson blew out NC State, as we saw coming, kind of uh, 41-7. Michigan, obviously we'll get into this a little bit. Michigan beat uh, Michigan State 21-7, and man, does Michigan's defense look good. They look good in general. That's going to be a tough game for us because uh, obviously our biggest our biggest struggles are on uh, defense. And no, sorry, our best, uh, what we're best at is offense, and what they're best at is defense. So that's really going to be a fun battle to watch. Um Oklahoma wins 52-27 to over TCU. Iowa beats Maryland 23-0. Iowa looks really good. I, th- I think they're going to win the Big Ten West, honestly. That's something to keep an eye on if Ohio State does get to the Big Ten title. Uh, Wisconsin beats Illinois 49-20. Stanford beats Arizona State 20-13. Yeah, um, I think that pretty much... Do- Utah beats USC 41-28. Uh, okay, sorry, I forgot about this one. Washington... Uh, State beats Oregon 34-20. That was an interesting game. Washington State was up 27-0 in that game at one point. Washington State, how about that game day? I don't know if any of of you guys got to see game day earlier in that morning. Washington State was just, they were fired up for game day to be there. That was really cool to see. Uh, And then Kentucky won, uh, Kentucky beat Vanderbilt 14-7. They're ranked 12. I think they're 6-1, so they've got a solid year going on. They're competing for that SEC uh, East, I think, is the lesser division. They're competing for that one for sure. Um, yeah, so that pretty much do it for college football. Ohio State loses, uh, since he loses, and uh, a few other notable games there for you. Um, so now we'll get to the NFL and what is a rough thing to talk about for me. Uh, let's start with the Bengals because that one's just a little bit more simple of a game to get into. Um, I just got done watching this game, or at least some of it. I, t- I 
kind of zoned out by the end because it was just such a blowout. I wasn't surprised by anything I saw here. I think all of us knew that Kansas City Kansas City is just so good this year. I'm just really starting to think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes just looks amazing. But from the start, Kansas City just blew them out. I mean, they were just a better team, more talented. A lot of factors here. Um, one, it's in Kansas City, which helps. Kansas City is just a better team, and it's a primetime game. We know how the Bengals can be in primetime games. I think they're actually now 0-8 under Marvin Lewis in Sunday night football games. That's a pretty crazy stat. and Just in general, primetime games, it's pretty bad. I think they only have a few wins out of like 20-some games. So it's pretty, it's pretty abysmal for them. I don't know what it is about the primetime games between primetime, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night games, and playoff games that just don't seem to show up for some reason. I'm not sure what it is about the coaching mentality there or what it is that – why it's like that there, I'm not sure. But a bad loss for uh, the Bengals. But at the end of the day, most teams are going to lose to the Chiefs. They're not losing really anything on the field here. Um, and the Browns lost and uh, the Ravens lost. So they're still at top of the division. Steelers obviously on a bye week. So that leads me into the Browns, though. The Browns, oh, Lord – where do I start here? I love my Browns. This was awful. This was an interesting game. Uh, from the start, I thought this this game was started off pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, the Browns have the best punter in the NFL. If you've watched the Browns, you know their punter's amazing. I think he's definitely, by far, like one of the best punters I've ever watched play the game. Uh, he pinned the Buccaneers deep uh, on about half-yard line. We actually got a safety, and they said they got out. I'm pretty sure it was a safety. But then on the next play, we get another safety. 2-0 Browns. Tampa Bay gets a field goal to make it 3-2. And then from there on out, uh, Tampa Bay gets 13 straight points. 13 straight points after that field goal off of two touchdowns. And they were looking really good there. They had two really solid drives. They were just eating up our defense. They're kind of playing like a bend-don't-break zone defense, which I didn't really understand. And they were just – Jameis Winston was just picking it apart, looking really good. It was frustrating, and our offense wasn't doing anything. And at that point, I thought the game was over. I was just – I mean, they were only down 14, so obviously the game wasn't over. But uh, just by watching the way they were playing, I told the people I was with hanging out with today, I said, this game's over. I mean, I can just tell by the body language, the way they're playing, it's over. But it wasn't over. They didn't end up losing, yes, but uh, it wasn't over because they came back. They were down 14, and they got a few. They were down 9-23. Uh, to 23. They actually got it to 15-23, uh, to 23, and then they got stopped on the one-yard line on fourth and goal to tie up the game. So they didn't get it, but uh, Buccaneers, we stopped them to three and out. They had to punt it to us. Jabril Peppers, who had a really solid game, besides the part we'll get into later. He returns it to the 15-yard line. We score a few plays later, make it 23-all. And then Tampa Bay comes down, interesting enough, and they get it to the 40-yard field goal attempt as time is expiring. And uh, their kicker, I I don't have his name pulled up right now, but he just misses it wide right. Um, I was pretty ecstatic when this happened. I was jumping up and down, feeling good. Um, so now the Browns are headed to their fourth overtime of the season. In overtime, it was kind of a back and forth. There's a lot of crazy moments. One of the big moments that stood out to me was uh, Jameis Winston throws an interception. I think it might have been Kirksey who picked it off. And the Browns ha- take over possession on the Buccaneers' 45-yard line, only needing a field goal to win the game. They do absolutely nothing with that drive. I think they go for like two or three yards in three plays. They have to punt it back to the Buccaneers. A few more drives go by with not much happening. The Browns, uh, and then finally, Tampa Bay gets the game-winning drive. Um, they get the ball at their own four. <laughs> I, I call it a game-winning drive, but they didn't go and they didn't drive the ball anywhere. They get the ball at the 45-yard line off of a Jabril Peppers fumble. 
Oh, that was a heartbreaker. Jabril had a really good game up to that point. I can't necessarily fault him for that fumble. Yeah, it's frustrating, and that didn't cost us the game by any means. But, yeah, you can't do that. But he did have a really good game besides that. He loses the fumble. Tampa Bay takes over at the 45 with, like, three minutes left. Um, they get they get pushed back with back-to-back sacks on Jameis Winston, and I think it was third and 30. And uh, I was saying to myself, I hope they don't play Ben, don't break on this play, because if they get, like, 25 of the 30 yards or whatever it was on third down, then they'll have a shot at like a 50-some yard field goal and maybe they can make that. And That's exactly what the Browns did. They played Ben, don't break. They let him, they kept him in front of the front, the first down line, but they got him, they got enough uh, yardage that they could kick a field goal. And it's a 56-yarder after just, wa- actually it was a 59-yarder, 59-yard field goal after just watching this guy miss, I think a 39 or 40-yarder at the end of regulation to win the game. And he, he boomed it. He made it. It was good probably by like five or six yards. And it actually started off wide right. And I thought, that's going to miss, and if it, I was getting pretty excited because if it did miss, the Browns would take over around midfield and just need 20 or so yards to have a field goal attempt to win the game, and uh, typical Browns, it just push, it just it, it draws back just a little bit, and it sneaks in by about a foot. It barely sneaks in there. It actually had the leg by a pretty good amount. It actually had the leg probably by, like, it was probably good from 65, 66 yards, but it sneaks in there, and what can I say? It's just another... Another sad Browns loss. This is what the Browns seem to do. They're now sitting at two, four, and one. They could easily be six, six and one, seven and zero, five and two, four and three. They could easily be so much better than where they're at. It's just frustrating, obviously, being a Browns fan. This is kind of what we come to expect. I had a ton of people saying sorry to me today. The people I was with and a few people texted me like, "Sorry, man. I know it's rough, and I'm just like, eh, I'm used to it. I, I get used to it to a point, but." Another tough Browns lost. Um, things actually things got better because the the Ravens and the Bengals both lost. At least for me as a Browns fan, but in a way they almost got worse because obviously you want those team. If you're a Browns fan, you want those teams to lose. But when they lose, then it makes it just that much more frustrating that the Browns didn't win. If the Browns win the game today. I think I mean they're half a game out of the division right now. If they won that game today, they'd be sitting at three three and one, with the leaders at four and three in Baltimore and uh, the Beng- the Bengals and uh, Baltimore. We both hit four and three. They'd just be half a game back from them, and the Steelers had a bye this week. So, yeah, if they find a way to win that game, they had so many chances. It felt like if they just find a way to win that, they're only half a game out of the division, and it feels like they're in this playoff race. Now it feels like they're a game and a half out. They have to play the Chiefs coming up. I think they might play the Chiefs next week, or no, they play Steelers next week. Sorry, but now they're they're getting to the tough part of their schedule. It kind of feels like their season's over. Um, at least in terms of making the playoffs. Obviously, we're still going to enjoy watching this Browns team because that's what we do. Even when they went 0-16 last year, I still enjoyed watching every single game. I don't know what it is about the Browns, but I just always love watching them. Probably because I always know they're going to give me a good game in terms of uh, being close at the end. But Yeah, I kind of feel like this was kind of the nail in the coffin on their playoff hopes. That doesn't. It's not necessarily an awful thing. I don't think any of us were expecting them to be a playoff team this year, but after that two, once I got to two, two and one there. After beating the Ravens, we were starting to think maybe, just maybe. But now back to back losses, and what we were hoping would be back to back wins. We looked at the Chargers and Tampa Bay on the schedule. At least I did as a Browns fan and thought this is a good chance to get maybe back to back wins and just like that be, you know, maybe towards the top of the division or even leading the division. Actually, if they would have won both of those games, they would be leading the division. But yeah, instead they go out and lose both games. Um, and now they play the Steelers next week in what is going to be a huge game. It would have been even bigger if they would have won today but it's still a big game it's in Heinz Field 
I mean, I'll, I guess I'll give my early predictions. I don't think it's going to go well in Heinz Field. Steelers need to win. The Browns are coming off demoralizing losses, and they've been playing in overtime games. That's going to catch up to them sooner or later. I definitely don't feel good about that game. Um, let me look up here the NFL, see if there's any other notable games. I honestly didn't watch much NFL. I watched uh, just the Bengals and the Browns, really. I haven't even looked at scores, so you're going to get my honest and raw reaction to uh, scores around the NFLs today, I guess. Um, the Titans beat the Chargers. I actually did watch that game because that was the London game. Chargers won 20-19. That was a pretty interesting game, actually. The Titans scored late towards the end of the game to make it 19-20. They decided to go for two, and they didn't get it, um, so they ended up losing 20-19. Uh, the Eagles at home actually lost to the Panthers 21-17. Interesting, the Eagles looking pretty rough right now. They're 3-4. and four. The defending Super Bowl champions are through seven games, not 500. Uh, the Jets and the Vikings. Vikings beat the Jets away from home 37-17. That's a big win for the Vikings. Jets come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, the Colts at home beat the Bills 37-5. That's a good win for the Colts. Um, I know it's just the Bills, but anytime you blow out a team in the NFL, that's good, and they really needed that win. They only have one win so far before that. This was a really interesting game, actually. I saw that a little bit of the highlights to this one. The Patriots, what was I thought was going to be a good game, it was the Patriots go to Chicago and win 38-31. Chicago, on the last play of the game, threw up a Hail Mary to try to tie it before um, as time expired. And they actually caught the Hail Mary, but on the one-yard line. And then they held him up on the one to stop him from getting in. They lose by seven. Um, the Jaguars, wow, the Jaguars, another team similar to uh, the Eagles that are really surprising me this year. They're 3-4, and four too. They lose to Houston 20-7 uh, to seven at home, too. Uh, the Dolphins lose 21, 32-21 at home. Not too surprised by this one. They lose to the Lions. I'm not sure if I said that. But, yeah, the Dolphins are coming back down to earth a little bit. They're still 4-3, and three, but, yeah. Um, the Ravens, actually, this is actually another really interesting one. It's inside the AFC North. I mentioned earlier that the Ravens lost. I don't know if, if you didn't see this game, then interesting one here they lost 24 to 23 actually with i think 20 seconds left they tied well, they didn't tie up with 20 seconds left they scored a touchdown to make it 24 23 and Justin Tucker missed his first ever actually here it is right here on my TV that I'm watching sports center missed his first ever extra point in his whole entire career he had attempted 246 before this and he misses that so they lost the game 24 23 and that's what the NFL was trying to do when they moved back that extra point make things a little bit more interesting and that's what it's done, and uh, yeah, Justin Tucker, I, you know, you know, he's the last person you'd expect to miss an extra point. Um, it's unfortunate that his first ever missed extra point is in such a big moment like that. Uh, the Redskins, I didn't realize this. The Redskins beat the Cowboys twenty to seventeen. That's a huge one for the Redskins. They keep up moving up that division. They're four and two now, so they're looking solid. Uh, the Forty Niners, uh, the Rams beat the Forty Niners thirty nine to ten. Not surprised by that at all. And then. Uh, as we said earlier, the Chiefs obviously beat the Bengals 45-10. The Giants and Falcons are at home tomorrow playing the Giants. Um, anything else? Let's see. Yeah, that should pretty much do it for football in general this weekend. Obviously, the big takeaways for Ohio sports fans are that the uh, Ohio State lost, <laughs> Cincinnati lost, uh, Bearcats, the Bengals lost, and the Browns lost. So pretty much everyone lost, and which is the theme of the day. Everyone losing in what was probably the worst one of the worst uh, sports weekends in Ohio history. So now we're just going to wrap up the podcast here with uh, just some just some of the smaller teams. Obviously, football is the biggest sport in America. Um, the crew today, 
the Columbus crew that is. They're actually a pretty big game for them. They're on the road to Orlando City, who's the worst team in the MLS. A win would have wrapped up a playoff spot for them, and a draw would have pretty much wrapped up a playoff spot for them. And they actually lose. They lose 2-1 to the worst team in the MLS in a game they need to win, in a game that Orlando had nothing to play for. I'm not sure how this happened. I actually didn't get to watch it. Um, but they took the lead off a goal from Federico Higuain in the 54th minute to make it 1-0 to Columbus. And at that point, you're thinking, all right, they're going to make the playoffs. At least they're going to wrap it up, make it up the playoffs today. But then three minutes later, Orlando scores to make it 1-1. And even if they get a draw, they're still pretty much fine. Um, and then in the 90-plus-6 minute off a penalty, um, Orlando makes it 2-1. That's a heartbreaker for crew fans. I mean, I'm a crew fan, but that's a heartbreaker for us crew fans. Uh, but they play at home next Sunday against Minnesota in what is, I mean, kind of a must win, I think. I'm, let me Actually, I might as well look at the uh, standings here. I'm going to talk about it. Um, so the standings, so um, the six, six teams in the Eastern Conference make the playoffs, if you don't know how it works. The crew are actually in six. There's one game left to play. And in seventh is Montreal Impact. They're two points behind us, but they also have the tiebreaker on if we end up with the same amount of points. So if the crew even draw and Montreal wins next week, um, they'll be tied up tied up at 49 points, and uh, Montreal would go to the playoffs at that point. I'm assuming they're going to win because they're playing a team with nothing to play for. But Columbus is also playing a team with nothing to play for in Minnesota United, so hopefully Minnesota plays like they have nothing to play for and the crew can find a way to win that game. And if they don't find a way to win that game, then hopefully Montreal don't win their game. That would be a heartbreaker for the crew not to make the playoffs. Um, it felt like it was wrapped up just a few weeks ago, and here we are in a situation where it's a very real situation now where they can miss the playoffs. So that's unfortunate, but that's the theme of the day. It's a rough weekend in Ohio sports. Um, the Blue Jackets, I think they played one game since my last podcast, and that was a 4-1 loss. Uh, looks like it was at home, too, to the Blackhawks. I'm not sure how good the Blackhawks are this year, but that's never a good... You never want to lose 4-1, uh, lose by three goals in hockey. That's a rough game for them. Let's see. So they're sitting at four wins and three losses. Not in a bad spot. I mean, they're fine at four wins and three losses, but once again, sticking with the theme, the Blue Jackets lose. And then finally, this is really rough. The Cavaliers, I obviously, my last podcast, I was... Uh, doing it as the game was tipping off the first game of the season for the Cavs. I was actually, I actually came across pretty negative in that, that podcast. And I guess I'm a little bit justified here. They lost their first game to the Raptors, 116 to 104. There was a lot of positives though. Um, Colin Sexton looked pretty good. Kevin Love looked really solid and the Raptors are a really good team and it was on the road and people were pretty positive, even though they lost. And then Friday night, they lost to the Timberwolves, 131 to 123 they lose by eight points on the road again to another good team. And once again, people were pretty positive about it. And then tonight was where it felt like, all right, maybe the Cavs are really bad this year and it looks like it might be a tank kind of year. They lose 133 to 111 to the Atlanta Hawks. who are Atlanta Hawks are going to be one of the worst teams in basketball this year. So this is at home too, home opener. You should be fired up trying to go win this game. And this is what we see from the Cavaliers. They lose 133 to 111. I want to say they gave up like 40 points to Trey Young. That's just awful. Their defense is so bad. They've already given up 133 points, 131 points, 116 points. 
there's really just no positives to take away from this. It was actually starting to, I mean, they looked decent in those first two games, and then they looked really good at the start of this game. So I was feeling like, all right, maybe this team isn't that bad. They were up 17 points, I think, like with four minutes left in the first quarter. And it just slowly went downhill from there. They just deteriorated. I was feeling like this was going to be an easy win eight minutes into the first quarter, and then they just blew up. But, uh, yeah, they play again on Wednesday against the Nets. Um, They're at home for that game, so that's coming up. I guess on that note, I'll just get into uh, when everyone's playing here. So we've got the Cavs. They will play on Wednesday. Um, The Blue Jackets play. Their next game is on Tuesday. Um, Ohio State is off this week. The Browns will play the Steelers on Sunday. Um, The crew will play, like I said, on Sunday against Minnesota United. Let me see who the Bengals play next week. Type that in. Bengals play the Buccaneers next Sunday. So it looks like we're just swapping opponents here with the Bengals. Actually, never mind. Uh, The Bengals will play at home against the Buccaneers and what is a, a very winnable game for them. But yeah, I mean, that'll pretty much do it for the podcast today. I'm going to probably stick up with about 30 minutes for these for the most part. 30 minutes is about as much as I can do sitting here talking to myself. I'm going to have to try um, housekeeping for the podcast. I'm going to try to have some guests on as well as the podcast has been approved by uh, all the major platforms except for Apple at this point. So I guess that's a a big positive and a big negative. It's been approved by every uh, all the podcasting sites, which is important, but it hasn't been approved by the biggest one yet. It should be approved here soon, but it's been four days, so I'm a little bit annoyed that it hasn't been approved yet by Apple, but I'm sure here in the next few days you'll be able to listen to it on there, and then you'll be able to review the podcast, which will be nice, but yeah, I'm going to try to stick to about 30 minutes for these, because it's just hard to sit and talk to myself for 30 minutes to start to zone out a little bit, as maybe you've noticed, but yeah, I'm going to try to have some guests on here, since it's pretty easy to have guests. I've figured out pretty easily on this app how to get guests on, and Get some guests on that I know love uh, Ohio sports and I know are pretty good at talking and pretty good at speaking and have them on to talk. But yeah, that'll pretty much do it. I'll, I'll probably come back um, maybe Wednesday night after the Cavs play and do a preview of the weekend and all the college football and uh, NFL for the weekend. But Wednesday, Thursday-ish, we'll shoot for then for a preview of the weekend. And then, yeah, I mean, that's when I should be back. So thanks for listening to uh, Ohio vs. the World.